Hey, this is Bruce Boudreau, and you're listening to Empty Betters with Nick Mack and Harrison. Everybody and welcome back to episode 193 of Empty Betters. I'm your host Harrison Scholes. I'm going to toss it across the screen to my co-host Nick Manella. What's going on, my friend? What's up, guys? Uh, not a good week to be an NHL coach, but uh, I'm not, so my job's safe. I'll take that any day of the week. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I. Uh, it's funny you just say that. There's so many like podcasts I've been listening to about Mike Tomlin. It's like the safest job to be a Steelers coach, and here's the NHL. It's just a carousel right now. So, I'm amazed Tomlin has lasted this long. Honestly, with some of those really crappy Steelers teams, but I have to give it to him. He is a hell of a coach. You win seven games with Kenny Pickett. There's that's something to be said. Very for that, true. So. I'm gonna toss it across the screen to my other co-host up in Wisco, Mac Vogel. What's going on, buddy? Not much, uh, you know, just getting getting prepared for the holidays as much as anyone can. Can't believe we're already like more than halfway through December. Kind of crazy. But uh, hey, that just means it's almost summer, baby. Let's go. Hey, when you say that I was I was just saying to uh, to the lady, I was like, man, I kind of miss summer already. It's not even Christmas yet. I was uh, I was actually having the opposite discussion with uh, some of my oh. friends over the weekend. We were, uh, you know, having a couple beers and. We're basically talking ourselves into believing that summer's actually not that far away. Mm. We were just talking about how, like, as soon as you turn the corner of like the next year and it's January instead of December, now summer's in front of you instead of in the rear view. And it's just like light at the end of the tunnel, baby. Like you're going downhill ass, now. Go. Yeah. Exactly. You've crested that mountain. Now you're just going downhill. It's yep, like once so... you clear like valentine's day and you get mm-hmm. like new year's and valentine's day out of the way march oh, madness helps speed that up yep, a little bit yep. and then you know all of a sudden it's spring break you're like that's exactly summer that's like a mini summer even though it's still fucking freezing out here <laughs> and we don't get spring break anymore but <laughs> right yeah exactly and then uh um what was that oh nope gone totally gone <laughs> it's all good no anyway. problem there's a lot there's a lot of coaches all gone too we'll get into that here shortly um, got an interview on tap here. We're going to start the episode with that, and then we'll get into the league news and discussion. Joined by friend of the program, The Daily Over. Uh, he's been on the show a bunch of times already. Always a good interview. Uh, just wrapped up with him. So we're going to get into that. But before we do, just a reminder that this interview is brought to you by Prop Tracker. It would probably help if I had the ad read up in front of me before I announced this. But as I'm talking, I'm pulling it up to try and save some time. So uh, joke's on me here real quick. Um, But Cole was given some playoff predictions, um, some good gambling stats, actually, about some guys that you might not be uh, thinking about for shot on goal props. But like I said, it is brought to you by Prop Tracker. They're your home for player prop research and finding outlier bets for NHL, NBA, NFL, and more. Once you find a bet that you like, you can start tracking it to get notified on its progress like shots, rebounds, and receptions. Michael Pittman, you failed me this weekend, but that's okay. 
Go to proptrackerapp.com slash empty betters to try a free month of our Android or iOS app. Why would you ever do a prop bet with the Colts? <clears throat> Michael Pittman has been Stud. unbelievable. Un unreal guy, like unreal receiver. But like speaking from experience, don't don't ever do it. I well, he got hurt. Um, <laughs> so I probably, you know, obviously that happens. I have cashed his over receptions on almost every Sunday this year. He's been really good. Those are usually the ones I feel like it's like what and friend of the program dean knows this it's like when you bet on the jets it's like when you bet them to win they lose when you bet them to lose they win that's what betting props with the colts is like especially with Minshew throwing the ball right now it's like the oilers yeah <laughs> you know say what you will about Minshew. he's kind of not bad he's no not he's awesome. not he's he's been playing well it's just yeah. i wish it was a little bit more consistent <laughs> yeah he might be a starter if that was the case oh um, god but anyways, we're going to get this interview with Cole started right now. And we are now pleased to welcome back to the Empty Betters podcast, the Daily Over himself. I don't know what time this is for you coming on the show, but I, I think it's a safe assumption that you are the most frequent at this point. So that should be a badge of honor for you. Yeah. <laughs> Appreciate it, gentlemen. Good to be back. Yeah, absolutely. Sure. At least a handful. Got to be a handful of times. Absolutely. So uh, before we get into all the puck chatter, I know we got a couple juicy questions coming your way. We'll talk uh, talk some gambling. I know you were down in Dallas uh, for yep. the Cowboys game. Just want to hear about what your experience was like down there. It looked like fun. Yeah, it was a good time. Far away from me, obviously, being up uh, in Ontario, Canada here. But uh, Texas was awesome. Went there for a Thursday night game. Cowboys, Seahawks. Uh, my Cowboys took home the win. I think it was like only four games in history had no punts. It was one of them, which was awesome. 76 points or something in the game. So got lucky, but uh, it was a good time. I'll take their weather down there. And you couldn't even bet the over down there. Isn't that, isn't that just I a disgrace? Devastating. I needed yeah. a guy, man. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I can't believe Texas hasn't legalized I was, it yet. Uh, I placed all my bets in the – I actually forgot. And, like, we were both aboard the plane in Toronto. And I'm like, oh, my God, I have to make, like, all the bets for the next, like, three days, like, hockey, football. I'm like, I'm just, like, firing stuff off. I'm this is not going to go well. I'm like, this this is not planned out at all. We had a similar problem when we uh, we did the Caps-Oilers game um, a couple weeks ago um, when these guys were in town or when Mac was. And um, you board, like, the, the train, like, the D.C. Metro to get there, like, five minutes from my house in Maryland. And you have to get all your bets in before that train crosses the D.C. line or else you're screwed. That's wild. So weird. It's like a hard geographical stop. I had yeah. a weird one when I was at the, uh, I was in Chicago at the Blackhawks Capitals game uh, just over a week ago. And uh, I'm, you know, it's, it's legal in Illinois, but I didn't know like totally what the rule was. And I, I'm in the stadium and they've got like a Caesar sports book, like a, like a, you know, the place in there. And I was like, Oh, let me yeah. go check this out. And I like wander in there and I'm looking around. There's like no like kiosk. It's like brand spanking new. There's TVs everywhere, people eating and drinking. And I like walk up to this guy who works there and I'm like, is there like, can I like place a bet in here? And he's like, nah, man, they haven't like approved us to have like kiosks. So like you can do it on your phone, but like it's wild. We, we don't have the kiosks yet is what he said. <laughs> and I was like, wow, so that's weird. a, that's a little backwards. I haven't heard that one yet, but yeah, I'm not sure. That's a, it's a separate argument for a separate uh, segment of the show, but um, TDO, we want to hear how you've been doing so far. 
I know you kind of do like your monthly little reports. I always enjoy reading those. Um, yeah. What do you see? Yeah, so I got uh, like for my actual job, it gets busy around this time of year. So uh, lately I've been, I haven't had the time to do like the, the daily stats and stuff. We'll get back into it pretty soon here, uh, like heading into the new year. But uh, November wasn't a great <clears throat> month. It was our first losing month in the, you know, in two and a half years and then bounced right back in December so far been on a little heater, you know, gaining units back and we're, we're back up on the year, which is great to see. So the last few weeks uh, I've been lowering the amount of bets Saturday. I had four, but it was just Saturday, lots of games and stuff, but I usually do two or three a night. I've been sticking to one lately and then maybe throwing in two, depending on the night, if I really like something. Uh, but I just been finding that's been helping me kind of get back on track, just focusing on one thing instead of trying to spray stuff around and uh, yeah, looking forward to ending December strong and getting back into it in the new year. What's uh, what's a couple teams that you've been kind of sticking by? I know like we've talked in the past about players that you kind of favor for shots on goals, but are there any teams that you've been sticking by uh, here in December? Yeah, and the on the East, uh, I have been hitting uh, Columbus uh, every once in a while. They run on a pretty good tear there, hitting overs. New Jersey. Love them early. Like, I think every game was over. It was awesome, uh, which I think I just hit on Saturday as well. So I've been watching New Jersey in the East. Uh, and then I find even just I've been looking at those five and a half games. And because we always see six and a half now, I'm like five and a half just seems so low. Like, mm -hmm. like a four two game is so possible, but like hitting the right spots on those. Um, but still like my Edmonton's out West too. Like, hard, yeah. Hard not to fire in an Edmonton over every once in a while. <laughs> Trust me, I know, I know that feeling all too well. Except yeah. you win yours, I don't. Those yeah. um, those five and a half games, those are a thing of the past. I remember when Harry and I, I started the show in 2019, we were both freaking out the first time we saw like a seven or like a seven yeah. and a half. That was just unheard of. Hundred percent. Like you saw so many sixes, right? Like five and a half was like okay, yeah, it must be an Islanders game or like Ottinger's net for Dallas, like whatever, it's going to be a low scoring game. But now like they'll throw it out like near the Rangers Boston and then it'll be like five, five the game. And like, I feel like it was like the uh, either the 2021 or 22 Panthers that like just broke the like algorithm for Vegas. And they were like, all right, yeah. fuck, we can't just do five and a half every game. I know. And then they like went to six and then you'd see the odd one be at six and a half. And you're like, okay, that's probably going to hit. Yeah. Uh, but there were so many, like, I remember two years ago, we get so many more pushes, right? Like on a six, like, okay, right. didn't, didn't lose the bet, didn't win it, but you know, you're, you're even on the night, whatever. Now it's yeah. like, you need seven every night. Yeah, yeah. It is a little bit so, annoying. So it's nice finding, I think I hit a uh, Vegas St. Louis game five and a half. And it was like done halfway through the second time. Like, this is, that's, that's a awesome. nice night, you know, just whatever. Uh, I do have a question about a couple of teams. I'm I'm on Prop Tracker here, obviously sponsor of the show, sponsoring yep. this segment. Um, you know, if you're looking at the top five teams right now who've gone over six and a half, uh, you've mentioned two of them already. Vancouver's one, uh, Jersey two, Columbus three. This four and five team, I don't think a lot of people would have had the, these guys, but uh, the Islanders at four and the Stars at five. I know which which like I just mentioned, usually those would be like, you know, when it's set at five and a half, it's always one of those two teams. And this year, like 
they're either putting pucks in the net or just getting waxed. Like mm-hmm. the Islanders have had some weird games this year. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And Dallas uh, too. I mean, I, I always think of Dallas as like a shutdown, you know, Ottinger, the defensive core, they're so deep, you know, up front. I, I feel like people would have a hard time scoring on them. Um, I mean, the record's still good, but like, damn, six and a half, they're fifth in the league. Yeah, that's I, surprising. I was looking at it the other day, and uh, I mean, they, like you said, they're they're winning a lot of games, but Ottinger actually hasn't been like that, like shut down. He like in terms of like goals against, like he he's been pretty average to yeah. to good, I would say, not like spectacular. So that that could be part of it. He's yeah, a little banged up now too, right? I think so. That could that could also week play. to week, yeah, yep. Yeah, I think like if he can stay healthy, he'll probably be in the conversation for Vezin at the end. But so far, he's not, you know, taking off with it. Like it's got to be Demko right now. But... Uh, I want to raise the, this question just for shits and gigs. Uh, last place in over six and a half has only hit eight of 28 matches so far this year. Who do you guys think dead last is? Dead last on six and a half. Oh could, man. It could be the caps. Like it is how, the caps. I was gonna yeah. say with how few <laughs> they just don't score. Like they just yeah, yeah, yeah that checks out. I they, was thinking Carolina, but they went on like a tear at the start. Like their first seven games went over or something like that. So I'm like, oh, it can't be Carolina, but wow. Yeah, five I'm, worst I'm not teams. used to that. Five worst teams, caps, kings, sharks, pens, blues. I was gonna yeah. say sharks. I mean, they what they had that what lovely one nothing game against the Coyotes the other night. Right. I mean, when was the last time you've seen a one nothing game in today's NHL? It's just so and they bizarre. Let, they let ten goals against back to back games. Wild. Yeah. The yeah. Kings are probably in there because they've just been they've had a lot of shutouts. I feel like yeah, the yeah. Kings just win four one every night. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that I just feel up. like I watch that game and I'm like, this is such a good hockey team, but it's not fun to watch because it's just one team playing. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you this. Um, I know we've talked in the past, especially at the start of the season, you know, a couple guys that maybe you uh, have a go-to um for shot on goal props every night. I know you've mentioned Pasternak, Hughes, we all we all know about them. Um, is there like a player or players that maybe are a little more off the radar that you've been seeing some luck with this year? Yeah. Yeah. This year, uh, Braden point, I've been watching him closely. Like I'll watch the Kucherov Stamkos and like the power plays or whatnot. And then I'll notice a game where point just didn't have a good game, right? Like no, no points, no shots. And like Kucherov and Stamkos had a night or something like that. And I looked for the next night to hit him up just because he's such a competitor. He's always a point per game guy. Uh, so I've been doing well with him. My boy Cole Caulfield, I just watch him every night. So I, I, I have a feel for him. I'm like, okay, he's due. Like he's, you know, he's either on a tear and I just keep hitting him or like he'll go a couple games where he's like, uh, just what didn't look like him out there. And same thing. He'll come back out the next night of eight. And, you know, he hits the over in the first. And I'm like, okay, I can go to bed. This is nice. <laughs> Yeah, I like I like those two names. Um, I'll throw I'll throw two in here just for discussion's sake, yep. and I'm gonna give a shout out to uh, my buddy on Twitter, Tones Takes. He's been doing pretty well with the shot on goal props for NHL so far. Um, Rasmus Dahlin, he's been really good so far. Yeah, um, and has good value. Yeah, he like does. D men, D men usually, uh, you know, you're almost even money or like minus one ten or in that range for two and a half shots, which if a guy gets out there and he's firing as he's quarterbacking the power play as he does. Yeah. It's pretty good value. 
Yeah, I mean, you just nailed it. His line's always at two and a half. It's always at, you know, that plus 110, plus 120 range. And yeah. he's hit that in eight of his last 10. So yeah, um, like that's one. And I'll throw one more out there. Um, Matias Michelli on the Yotes. Yeah. Sneaky. Guy's tearing it up on the shot on goals, man. Sneaky, yeah. Same thing. Yeah. Two and a half plus money, eight of the last 10. Yeah, I was uh, I was early on Nylander as well on the year. Um fun to watch kind of thing but uh i've been laying off him lately don't know why but early yeah. in the year that guy shot everything in sight yeah no i get you um all right so we're gonna move on from the gambling uh talk we're gonna move on to a little more like nhl kind of predictions talk um i can't remember who you had in your preseason cup pick i would love to revisit that i probably should have listened <laughs> to that before you came on but um is I there think, anybody uh... that's like standing out Ah, uh, I, I think I was between Colorado and Edmonton in the West, which Edmonton is, but not in the playoffs. Uh, and then in the East, I was between the Rangers and Carolina. Uh, and I think I went with Carolina, Colorado, and I had Colorado, I think. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what where my head was. Um, Vancouver looks good this year. Vancouver looks good. I, I don't know if it's going to be a lot like forever, Thing, like all season long but i like the moves they've made with zadorov getting him uh edmonton it's got a lot of work to do i think the rangers look like a wagon in the east uh and the kings i think the kings have been like i knew they were good i just didn't know they were this good like they're running table right now with cam talbot in that yeah mac knows that all too well yeah <laughs> got him on fantasy yep oh nice Mac has Connor Ingram and Cam Talbot as his goalie tandem. You tell me that's not fair. Yeah, that's you're lighting the league up, man. Yeah, but at the start of the season, if I would have told you that was my big plan to beat everybody, you would have been like, what the fuck are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, I've been like, that's terrible planning. Yeah. Um, so we got three big questions that are going to be the, the main topic of this show. Uh, me, Mac, and Nick will answer these after the interview. But with TDO, we're going to have him answer these. Um, which team currently not in a playoff position is most surprising to you? Um, well, I think for everyone, Edmonton, uh, for sure in the West. Uh, I actually thought Minnesota would have been better this year. Um, and for them not to be like, I know they're kind of in the hunt with Edmonton there, but I think in the West, it's for me, it's Edmonton not being in. And then right now they're close, but like New Jersey uh, not being in, in the East, uh, and like a team like Buffalo, I thought they were going to take that next step this year. And it's them in Ottawa have been just the same old, you know, bottom yeah. of the East or, or grinding each night just to, you know, get a point. And so in the East, I would say most surprised New Jersey's not in, but I think they're going to be in, you know, like they're only a couple points out right now. Uh, but for teams that are down there, that, it's not looking great for, I'd say, uh, Edmonton, Ottawa, and Buffalo were the three teams that I thought were going to have better starts to the season. Yeah, there's like four teams in that East wild card race that like from the Islanders on down are separated by like three points. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they're all good. They're yeah, all good. There's only like, I think there's two teams right now that I'm surprised with how well they've done that are still in the race there. I why why do I feel like I can name one of them? <laughs> oh, I can name one of them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we can talk about that in a sec. Um, yeah. 
Well, or maybe it's the answer to this next question. Which team that is currently in a playoff position is most surprising to you? Uh, for for me, it's uh, the Flyers. Like I did not think this team was sniffing playoffs this year. Yeah, it's crazy. I I mean, we talked about it a little bit on a previous episode, but it's like, you know, being Metro division fans uh, or being fans of teams in the Metro, you know, at the beginning of the season, you're trying to do the math in your head of like, all right, well, if we're going to get in, we need like this team, this team to not make it. And like all of us were counting on the Flyers to definitely not be a problem. (laughs) So the the Jackets and the Flyers were supposed to be the, the easy ones out. Yep. Yeah, so that's they play uh, hard not going every play. night, man. They play hard every night. They're tough. That's tough Torts' team. brand of hockey. Yeah, Torts. I'm telling you, like coach of the year right now. Like, the guy is doing an amazing. Like I go through that roster and I'm like connecting, and it, like it just stops there. <laughs> it stops like, there. Yeah. Like I, I, yeah. I know there's a like. Don't get me wrong. They have pieces there. Obviously, they have yeah. a good squad, but like it's just. Every time I see them in the standings, I'm like, this is this team is second in the metro. Besides, you're right. Besides TK, it's kind of like, ah, I mean, like Faraby, decent yeah. sometimes, depending yeah, on how okay. healthy he is at any given point, you know, right? I know. And if like yeah. Carter Hart's not in net, I'm like, who who's going in net for them? And then he ends up yeah. hosting like a like a 30 some yeah, save. Ursan has like been pretty decent, yeah. yeah. And there's been some Sanford. unsung heroes like, um, like Nick Sealer, yeah. He's been pretty solid for them on the back end. Yeah, for sure. I think Sandheim's there, right? He's yep, having yep. a three year right now. Yep. Um, yeah, it's uh that's a big surprise. In the West, I think uh surprise for me would be where Winnipeg sits right now. I think like yeah. Vancouver, how they've played surprising, but I'm not surprised that they're in the playoffs. I, I think it's more surprising like how well they have played. Mm-hmm. Uh but just to be there, actually, Arizona is right now. They are a wild card team. They're in the playoffs. That's pretty amazing, too. Yeah. Do you think Philly can make it? I mean, in all seriousness, in '82, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say no now because I'm like they're playing so well. Yeah, but, but then we can't I flip think, this. <laughs> I think that division is going to be Carolina, the Rangers, uh, and New Jersey. Like those will be the top three. Then the wild cards, it's going to be crazy, man. You're going to have Tampa, Florida, Toronto all season jockeying in that other division in the Atlantic. Um, in the meantime, you have like Detroit chasing right there, the Washingtons, uh, like you name it. It's going to be intense at the end of the season. I you think. know Pittsburgh's going to push it. So I was no going to say, notice how he didn't say nope. Pittsburgh. Yeah, they're, it's coming. Take note. they're not going to make a push. No, they're not. Uh, Sorry, it's just boys. not a score on the power play, man. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. I, I, separate separate topic of the show. We'll see. Yeah. Coach, coach firings is one thing we're going to be talking a lot about once once you're off. But uh, I have a funny feeling. I don't know. I, I don't. I know Dubis just said that's not going to happen, but I don't know if I trust him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last question for you: Which team currently not in a playoff spot do you think will end up making the playoffs? I'm going to make a rule. You can't say Edmonton. All right. I figured that because that's going to be the one that everyone wants, yeah. like thinks that they're going to go in. Uh, I would say New Jersey right now, but like I mentioned, they're just outside. Like, I don't think that's a fair choice either. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb here. Uh, who do I pick, West or East? If I was going East, if I was like long shot for me, I think Detroit does get in this year which 
I think would be a surprise uh, yeah. if they if they could make it happen. Just because what I mentioned in that division, there's just so many good teams. Um, Tampa, like I don't know if Tampa's going to make it this year. That's how close the East is. I know like, it's intense. Uh, in the West, who do you think? I' gonna say Minnesota gets in. Okay. Yeah, I don't Minnesota hate that. Gets in in the West, and they'll probably end up taking like Nashville or Arizona spot down there. They they I mean they seem to have responded to the uh, the coaching change. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. You know what? Like, I'm not always like, okay, you know, fire the coach. I know it's never it's not always the coach's fault, but when teams this early in the season it happens and you see how they respond, you know, it could be a a good sign for the rest of the year. And they have like, you know, when you were a kid and you were playing Nintendo 64 and the game wasn't working, you take the cartridge out, you blow on it and you slap <laughs> it back in. That's what it is. It's a reset yeah. for the team. Yeah. hundred percent. Man, Nintendo. Oh. Wow. <laughs> uh, before we wrap up here with you, I want to ask about your team, actually uh, the Habs. I mean, you know, we're talking about the wings, the lightning, all these guys, the Habs really aren't all that far behind, and they have a couple games in hand on the Bolts. I mean, I don't listen. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but they've been respectable so far. Yeah, it's been fun to watch this year, and I, I said it at the start of the season. I just wanted to see them progress this year. You know, they've been at the bottom for the last two or three, um, and if like if they don't make the playoffs, they're always at the bottom, which is fine. I I, I actually believe in that more than come ninth or tenth and never like truly rebuild. So. Uh, I think they're the second youngest team in the NHL. I really like uh, Montembeau and Caden Primo. Love Allen as well. I just think that, you know, we're moving this way with two young guys in Montembeau and Caden Primo. Um, they're starting to play more games. Not terrible save percentage and goals against in what is a very young decor, right? Like outside of uh Savard who's been injured most of the season in Matheson like you're you're the average age on D I think it's like 22 or 23 max so um like that they're getting that experience I'd like to see a bit more from Cole Caulfield like goal wise like he's awesome to watch fun uh always scores in overtime and stuff like that but it'd be nice to see him score on a more uh constant basis but or consistent basis but uh, it's been fun like, i think they're sitting 13 13 and however overtime losses that they have and uh as long as they're not bottom five this year i'll be happy with where they end up and if somehow they're pushing for a playoff spot at the end or a wild card race or can play spoilers then it'll be a good year for me what about the uh the kids slot slakovsky if i said that right um yeah it's kind of looked better lately Slavoski. Yeah, yeah, and I think, you know, he's young. He's still 19, uh, got injured last year. I don't know if last year the greatest thing for him was to be up there, but he's a big man. Uh, he's starting to learn how to use his size, like, on the boards. I really like his playmaking ability. Like, I find that he's a very good passer. Um, I wish he could score more. That's just a thing in Montreal. We just don't do that. So, uh, but, no, I, I think if – you know, if he continues to progress and what Mark, like if Marty, Marty St. Louis likes what he's seen out of him, then keep him up there. If you want him to get more minutes and maybe get some more confidence, you send him down. But if, you know, as the season's gone on, I think he's getting more comfortable with everything. He's starting to look a little bit better. So I think they showed at 65 games, him and Quentin Byfield. 
as comparisons just because they're big bodied uh forwards um i think they had the exact same points in 65 games so and i know like i think this is byfield's third year now or fourth and he's starting to light it up so that's a good comparison because yeah like you just said he he was so highly touted and then he kind of took a little bit of time but he's definitely starting to look like the real deal now so he came in and had like the same type of injury stuff you know just playing like 82 games playing with men uh it's tough for young guys, 18, like not everyone's Connor Bedard. So it is what it is. But uh, if, if I see him progress, you know, again next year, then I'm, you know, I would have loved a, a Bedard pick this year over that, but uh, we'll yeah. take it. Yeah. That kid, uh, what's his name? He's the Celebrini, Celebrini. Yeah. The college kid. Good in college. Yeah, we'll get a glimpse yeah. at World Juniors. That'll be fun. Yeah, he's playing with uh prospect that Lane Hudson, the defenseman there. So that yeah. kid's a stud. Hudson. Yeah, he looks yeah. good. Yeah, I'm hoping he comes in at the end of this year and plays his nine games or something. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. It kind of reminds me of like a like a Quinn Hughes or like a Fox type defense. Not overly big, but talented. So silky smooth for sure. Yeah, I'll take it. Well, uh, I think I think that's all we got for you. I know you got to get rolling here, so uh, we appreciate the time as always. Always good to be here, guys. Thanks for having me. A big thanks to TDO for joining us. Go follow him on Twitter or X or whatever you will, your heart desires to call it these days. Uh, at the Daily Over, good friend of the program. Always retweeting some pics and stuff. So go check him out. Uh, let's get into the league news, but before we do, I think Nick has a word from Kane Footwear. That's right. Um, Christmas is coming up. You know what Christmas means? Candy canes, like the ones Harry is holding up. I'm not talking about the stupid candy that will break your teeth in half and send you to the dentist. I'm talking about Kane Footwear. Yeah, I kind of agree. Candy canes kind of suck. Kane Footwear. I've been wearing mine like nonstop when I'm in the house. And guys, I actually notice a huge difference. Knees back. I feel amazing. Harry, I know you're recovering from your PCL tear. It looks like you've been running around a lot more lately, which has been fantastic to see. I know your canes are involved in that and helping you get back. So head to the link in our bio today to get a pair of the most comfortable shoes you will ever own. Uh, now at the stand-up desk, you know, I got to have comfy shoes to, to wear. If you're a, if a stand-up desk is in your life, I highly suggest the Canes. Doesn't even put pressure on the knees. Love it. Um, all right, let's get into the league news. So uh, let's start it off with a couple point streaks. Some guys who have been red hot as of late. Uh, Nathan McKinnon, surprise, surprise, second in the NHL in scoring, coming off a four-point performance against the San Jose Sharks last night. Uh, he's got 47 points on the air, only behind Kucherov, who has 52. McKinnon has a 15-game point streak right now, which is the longest active in the NHL. I know the abs have been a little up and down here, but uh, McKinnon, I mean, what are you going to say? He's he's tearing it up right now. I mean, he's possessed. We all know that. He has a almost like borderline satanic drive to win <laughs> hockey games, for lack of a better word, but... This guy, more often than not, will just go out and put the team on his back. And obviously, you know, that team doesn't have Landis Cog for this whole season. That team has, like you said, Harry, had a, you know, maybe not the hottest start or the the start that everyone thought they were going to have to the season. So obviously he's picking up the slack there and maybe the rest of the team will follow him here. I don't know, but I don't think that point streak is going to stop anytime soon. Uh, no, I don't either. 
I mean, he's got to be the one to do it, right? They've Nick started to touch on it, but there's there's other injuries too. They got Lekkinen out somewhat long term. Yep. Um, there's already been a couple guys come on and or go on the IR and then come back off. So, I mean, he's really uh, him staying consistent is definitely carrying them for sure. And that's sort of been the mo for that team for the past five years is they just can't stay healthy and especially on the back end as of late. And then the other guy I want to give a shout out to Jack Eichel. Uh, he is actually he actually broke the Vegas Golden Knights' longest point streak uh, this week. He's now riding a ten game point streak in which he has sixteen points during that streak. The Knights are the best team in the NHL right now. He's the best player on the Knights, and they just keep rolling full steam ahead. A little scary. Yeah. Um... It's really frustrating to watch them do that with uh, chrome domes, the stupid gold helmets, but... Oh, so bad. I was reminded just how fucking awful those are the other day when they... They, they were don't wearing. match. It it literally looks so crazy. Like, it's not even just the fact that it's... Like, the helmet by uh, itself is stupid, yes. But it, it looks so stupid with that uniform. Like, it, like you said, it doesn't match. Yeah, like you know how um I forget what league it is in Europe or if it's multiple or not, but I think there used to be a thing, I don't know if it still is, where the leading point scorer or goal scorer in the league had like a yellow or gold helmet. That's all I can think of when I see that. It wouldn't be an empty better show if we didn't have a Jack Eichel point streak segment that broke a franchise record turned into a jersey rip. But it no, is that's... a fashion disaster and we will not stand for it. Agree. <laughs> Jackie boy is still talking him with the, uh, the Chrome dome one. So I'll give him some props there. No, he looks uh, unreal. I mean, yeah. give credit where it's due. He, he looks fantastic. And that, that team is absolutely every bit as good as they were last season. Yeah. We'll see if they can, uh, if they can repeat here. I don't know. I mean, they're first in the NHL in points. Jack looks good. Aiden Hill looks really good. So I don't know. We'll see. Did you um, see that, um, that story that was circulating about Aiden Hill and Braden point from their like, uh, youth hockey days, where, Chocolate milk. Yeah, Braden Point would fall asleep in the back of Mr. Point's pickup truck. So Aiden would sit up front while Braden slept, and Mr. Point and Aiden Hill would just talk hockey for like four hours on the drive to the rink. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> and they'd have to wake Braden up and like fill him up with chocolate milk before the game or something. That sounds right. And then he said he'd he'd like barely wake up, go in the locker room, throw his shit on, go out there and score a hat trick like every yep. game. <laughs> a gallon of whole chocolate milk just yep. a good old canadian whole milk and then he just <laughs> rips it up yeah i love that Ugh. um this next news piece i was debating turning it into a discussion portion um luckily there's a lot more news that's much more important than this but i do have to touch on it let's chat about the pittsburgh penguins here real quick uh things have not looked good so far this season as we all know the power play's been a disaster the team's been up and down the goaltending has looked incredible at times, and then at other times it hasn't. They got absolutely routed, seven to nothing, in Kyle Dubas's return to Toronto on Saturday night. And the Toronto fans were even even mocking Dubas in his return to Toronto, chanting Dubas like in the third period when they were uh, basically waxing the pens. I want to ask you two. I don't care what I think anymore. I want to ask you two this question. Are the Pittsburgh Penguins dead? No. They're uh they're a possum right now. They look dead and then you're going to poke it and it's going to bite you. Yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't say they're dead yet. It's still early and it's still the Penguins. I think that 
personally, I know, I know you alluded to it with, uh, with TDO a little bit. I don't think that Sullivan's getting fired. I think if they had half a fucking brain, <laughs> they would just can Todd Reardon. I do not yeah. understand your power play is that bad. You saw the fucking video of him with just nothing on the, on the clipboard. Can we talk about that? Just <laughs> incredible. There, trying to draw something up and he's just like, Oh yeah. <laughs> so for those who aren't aware of what Mac is talking about, there was a viral video that, that went around. I can't remember who the pens were playing, but it was like their, their last like empty net, like play that Reardon is drawing up. And there's a fan who's videoing the whiteboard that he's drawing on behind the glass. And he's just moving his hand in invisible strokes, not actually making marks on the whiteboard. He makes like two little X's and he's <laughs> yeah. just like staring at it for a second. He's like, uh, uh. And the, I think the caption was like, bro, really trying to be wild and out here. It was like, like bro that. cooked uh, nothing or something yeah. like that. <laughs> it was, uh, it was a classic. I enjoyed that. Um, I think I tweeted after last episode at some point when the pens lost, I said, this team is dead. There's no move. There's no depth. Uh, no matter what you do, they're dead. I stand by that. I I, I really do think this team is cooked. What's I, crazy so- is like the reason that I was trying to say the penguins wouldn't be any good this year at the beginning of the year was because their goalies would suck. And that's kind of been the one thing that hasn't been that bad. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Like, so like you're saying dead, not making the playoffs toast. Dead. Yeah, but Harry's trying Dead. to like reverse. No, 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 I know no. exactly what he's doing. He does, he does it every, every year. fucking nope. year. Nope. Yeah. Nope. I I I will willingly admit I have used that tactic in the past. I wholeheartedly okay. believe this. I really do. Mm-hmm. And I say this because if you would have told me at the start of the year that Sid and Jake would be at the numbers they're at, and that Jari and Nadelkovich would be at the numbers there, I'd be like, we we're good. And we're not. Like, we're just not a good team. I don't know. Has Malkin been bad? I haven't paid close enough attention. He's been getting a lot of slack lately from fans, a little bit of myself included. But that's why I, I ask because I've seen it on Twitter a little bit, but I don't know. I'm not a. I'm not up on my Malkin lore right now. Is this just like one of his like three week periods where he just goes invisible and takes a lot of bad penalties? Right, or does he like actually look bad to you? I mean, you know, you get the you get the Russian effort every now and then. But um, what I will say, and I, you know. Riley Smith, he's been good this year, but he's been a little cold as of late. And then that right wing, they've kind of it's an a, it's an AHL guy that they're putting him with. So I mean, he's who's or whatever, him or Alex Nylander, one of the two. Right. So it's it's been a little bit of a juggling act. Raquel, I think, is back uh, as we're recording this against Minnesota. Not that he has anything to contribute, but we'll see. I don't know. Party. So you guys don't think Sullivan will get fired. I don't. I, I think after what Dubas said, and I don't really think Dubas is the kind of guy to put his foot in his mouth like that, where he says, like, we're going to keep this guy. And then two weeks later, like, can him. Unless yeah. now that he's like, yeah, but that's before I got made fun of in Toronto. Right. Yeah. No, no. True. No, I'm sad. <laughs> yeah. The last thing I want to say, and this just came over, and I think it's really cool. Um, the Wild are playing the Penguins while we're recording this. I'm one going to rant because Flurry was expected to start. I picked him up on fantasy. I was like, he's coming home. It's his last game in Pittsburgh. This is going to be great. And uh, they ended up benching him and they put Gustafson in instead. That's so lame. 
That's and, so lame. And the, the fans were chanting before the game, we want Flurry, like as yeah. loud as they can. And wow. I kind of feel bad that because he's not playing. It's like, how are you yeah. going to do the guy like That's that? That's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. Because it, it, let's be real, it probably is his last time ever playing there. Yep. Unless and, unless somehow he gets dealt at the deadline and then that team has right. I mean, that's like the only way. And apparently he uh, he slapped Malkin in the shin pad and warm-ups and Malkin took a Gatorade bottle and just chucked it at him full steam, <laughs> which is pretty funny. So anyways, I'll uh, I'll chill on that. Um, let's move on from the pens. Patrick Line, he's expected to miss six weeks with a broken clavicle. He already missed nine games earlier this season with a concussion. Bad to worse in Columbus. Yeah, and I, I at this point, I just feel bad for this guy because it just feels like it's gone downhill since he was with the Jets, and um, he's had so many other injury issues and in such a young career. I mean, you look at him and Matthews coming to the league as overall picks one and two, and look at the difference in you know the careers they're having so far. And Matthews has had his fair share of injury concerns as well, but... I feel like it's just it's not even close to what Lionel's had to go through. Yeah, I would I would probably echo that. Um, you know, I I even saw that uh, Columbus is open to training trading Johnny Gaudreau. Saw that rumor floating around on. Uh, I think anyone on that team has to be fair game, unless it's like Boone Jenner or someone who's just determined to spend their entire career there. Yeah, the report I saw literally said like the Blue Jackets are willing to discuss like pretty much anybody. Like no one's off the table. Yeah, that wouldn't surprise me. Uh, speaking of trades, we had one come over uh, this past week, albeit a little bit of a small one. Uh, Thomas Tatar, he got traded to the Kraken for a 2024 fifth-round pick. I mean, the Kraken could use some depth. They've kind of got out of the gate slow, so maybe this will uh, jumpstart something. Is tartar sauce even any good on a calamari? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. You. That's good. How, how long did that marinate? Uh, not long, not as long as the calamari would have marinated. In the, uh... <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's nice. for sure. There we go. <laughs> yeah. I don't really have much comment on that. I just figured it's a trade. We got to bring it up. It's good for the Kraken. When I saw that, I was sort of like, that's exactly the type of player I would have expected them to pick in the expansion draft. So it kind mm -hmm. of just makes sense. Anyways, I had to like, I was like, has he played there already? Like, I don't, yeah. I cannot fucking keep track of who the Kraken have had. I feel like they've had a bunch of random guys for like a year and then he goes somewhere else, but yeah, we'll see what that does. I guess. Uh, let's move on to the discussion portion of the episode. But before we do, we just want to remind you guys that this discussion portion is brought to you by Brackish Life. If you're like us and grew up on the water and outdoors, then Brackish Life is perfect for you. They have a wide selection of gear from UV shirts to hoodies and hats. It is Real Bay apparel made by Real Bay people. Head to www.brackish.life today to check them out. A little salty. A little fresh, brackish life. Also, just a reminder, they've teamed up with Rank to Reef to further preserve the beautiful Chesapeake Bay area. Rank to Reef uh, repurposes broken hockey sticks into oyster restoration habitats. Support this great cause by checking out www.brackish.life today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, all right, let's chat coach firings. I know we've talked about it a little bit already this episode. We had one go down in the middle of last week and one go down this morning before we uh, hopped on here. Thank goodness. Let's start with the Senators. They fired DJ Smith. Jacques Martin is now named the interim coach. 
Uh, Daniel Alfredson will also be joining the coaching staff, which I think is super cool. Uh, Ottawa has lost four straight in eight of its last 11. They currently sit dead last in the Eastern Conference with 22 points. They do have a couple games in hand with Columbus, but they're still last place. Is this going to make a difference in the Ottawa Senators? I still don't think they're a playoff team. I think with you look at the struggles that they have, I mean, even if they get like a drastic run coming here, you know, out of this turnaround with the coach firing, like we've seen with some other teams, you know, I know they've got six games in hand. What is it compared to Columbus or something like that? I just, I don't really think that this is a playoff team this year. I think the goaltending is the, is too big of a problem. Even if the team can start to turn around, I don't think they have like the kind of goaltending duo that could like sustain a long run, especially in the Eastern conference with the teams will have to play better than um, to like get them into like a secure playoff spot. But I don't know. I mean, we'll see what the coach coaching change does. Like you both said, we've seen it work for a couple other teams. So maybe that's what they're thinking. Like, fuck it. We'll just do what they did and hope it works for us too. Yeah, I mean, I I hate I can't believe I'm saying this, but the Senators are aside from their captain who I love. They're just a soft team. They and I know I know that word gets thrown around a lot, but there's no like piss and vinegar, there's no sandpaper, whatever term you want to use. They're just a very like bland team. And I feel like they kind of need I don't know, an energizer bunny on like a third line who you know is going to get them up and going and ready to go. It can't always be Kachuk. I mean, he's your best player. If he's in the box, you know, he can't play for you. And he's also, you know, got a lot of responsibilities. So I don't know. They're just, I think they need a little bit of a personnel change. And I think that Tarasenko deal, I thought it was going to work out well. I I hear Ottawa and I think goals. That's truthfully what I think. But it hasn't really looked good so far. He's also like missed the last two games for like an undisclosed reason or something like that. I don't know yeah. what that's about, but worth he's noting. got six goals in 24 games played this season. I don't think that's up to snuff with what they thought. Somebody else looking at last year's Ottawa Senators. Um, I mean, Claude Giroux was like unbelievable for them last year. He had 35 goals, 44 assists. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, played a lot of power play minutes, played a lot of minutes in general. This year he's still he's still been good, but I feel like I just haven't heard as much about him. So like I don't know. Yeah, he's he's not he's not gonna be on pace. I feel like for what he did last year in terms of goals. Yeah, um, but was it um, Josh Norris? Another guy. I mean, yeah, he's someone who I feel like can put up a lot of numbers, and he's got 16 points through 23 games here. Um, I don't know. It's just, I feel like the top line's clicking. And after that, it's just like, I don't really know what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Getting Norris back from that essentially season long injury he had last year, I think was huge for them. I think they absolutely need a guy like him to score at a 25 to 30 goal pace because Harry, like you said, when you think of the senators, you think scoring and you know, someone's got to do it. It can't be Stutzla every night. Right. And I know Shabbat's battled injuries most of this year. That's definitely taken a toll on them. Um, he's obviously probably their best offensive D-man. But yeah, back. I, I also want to just echo what you said at the start. The goaltending has just been rather atrocious. <laughs> Poor Pasalo and Forsberg. It's not it's not happening. Can we talk about can we talk about their fourth line for a second? 
Yes. Some of the some of these names, Angus Crookshank. Incredible. Incredible <laughs> hockey name. Mark Kostelik and Yuri Smedjkal or something. I, I'm probably butchering these, but wow, that's a that's an all name fourth line. Oh right yeah. Smedjkal sounds like a cabbage form in Finland or yeah. some shit. I don't know what the... sounds like. Uh, do you like, prefer tequila or Smedjkal? It sounds like a ghetto form of like Mezcal that you would like yep. buy off of the street for like three <laughs> bucks a bottle. I don't necessarily yeah. think they have like a bad decor. Sanderson, Zub, Chikrin, Hamannik, Branstrom, yeah. and Bernard, like Bernard Docker. Those guys, a lot of them are on the younger side. I think they're still developing. So maybe in like a year or two, it'll look a little bit different, but. Yeah, yeah, I think firing DJ Smith is probably the right move given what you can do right now. Right, like what else can he do? Right. I love how now feed to the to the coaching uh, team. I, I really do like that, but I feel like we didn't attack Angus Crookshank enough as a last name. How are you guys not it's running cool. with this? That That's is pretty awesome. That is incredible. That, is there a cooler last name in hockey than Crookshank? It, he sounds like a detective. Like yeah. I feel like he'd be walking around in like a giant, um, like trench coat with like an a monocle and uh, <laughs> like a like, little like uh, Sherlock Holmes, maybe some LA yep. noir style. Like yeah, and some guy he's got like a butler, like an assistant or driver, or somebody who's like uh, Mr. Crookshank. May I take your coat? And he's like, I never take my coat off. You know that. Cancel the show. I can't. <laughs> Cancel the show. Cancel the show. I can't. I can't have that. Oh, it was hysterical. Oh god. <laughs> oh man. <clears throat> All right. Sorry about that. Matt got me there. Um, <laughs> wow, that was funny. Okay. Um, well, that's the Ottawa Senators. They don't take off their trench coats. <laughs> yeah. Never. Uh, let's move on to to Minnesota. Um, they're seven and two since the coach firing. I know with TD. <laughs> I know with TDO, we were talking with him, and he said that he's a team. That's a team that he thinks can sneak in, even though they're out right now. Um, what do you guys think of Minnesota so far since the uh, the coaching change? Gustafson's been good again recently. He, you know, he was supposed to be really good to start the season, kind of wasn't, fell off, and then the last like week or two, he's been red hot. So I kind of get why they're not starting Flurry. I still wish they would have. That would have been cool, but. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, because when this team is bad, it like makes sense that they're bad. But when they're good, it also makes sense. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. when, when you're watching them play bad, you're like, yeah, look at these t- this team. And you start to dissect it, look at their lines. You're like, yeah, I mean, some of these guys just aren't that good. But then they go on a tear here and you're like, you know what? Some of these guys are pretty good. So I don't know. It's It's a total coin flip of a team for me. I can't figure them out. I think my big concern with this team, and I I totally agree with everything you just said, Mac, is basically the injuries right now. And there's two big ones. It's Brodeen and Spurgeon. And I know Spurgeon's like day to day and he's coming back, but he missed a ton of time at the beginning. And Brodeen is going to be out for a while. Those are essentially your guys right now. I mean, take away Erickson Eck, Brodeen and, uh, and Spurgeon are the team especially on that back end. And that's that's the big concern for me is how much is that going to affect them over the next month and a half? And Zuccarello too. I mean, I know he's kind of getting up there, but total locker room guy, at least I, I got to think sure. in terms of like just having that guy around the team is always good. He's, so He's been playing really well. I, I actually was just going to say he's leading the team in points. There you go. 28 and 28. Um, and w- what's his deal? Why is he out? Do, do, does anyone know? Uh, I don't, I, I don't know. Um, 
I'm just going off daily face off. They say he's out, so I wasn't sure what the uh what the deal was there. Uh, I'm not too sure, but one thing I am sure of is that Kirill Kaprizov seems off. I know I, I might have said this last episode, but Boldy has also been like like a uh, weird year for him. I was looking at his fantasy stats the other day, and it's just total, I guess, like sophomore slump kind of thing. But all yeah, I can not... find on Zook is upper body, upper body. Classic. All right. Kaprizov, eight goals through 28 games, 24 points. I feel like he's one of those guys who's always going to be like top 10 in the league in scoring. Not not really seeing that this year. Also, though, I don't know. I'm starting to <laughs> I'm about to go back to what I just said about the Wild, where you look at this team on paper and you're like, I'm not sure they really should be any good. Like, yeah, to me, the bottom six does not inspire a ton of confidence, at least what they've got right now with with their injuries and whatnot. And even like their second line, uh, according to Daily Faceoff, of like Marcus Johansson, Marco Rossi, Ryan Hartman, that's kind of like, eh, that's not yeah. a second line. That's like a third or a fourth line on a lot of teams, I feel like. And so, Rossi was out for a while and really, really sick for a while, too. So I don't yeah. know. Young guy, too. If yeah, he steps if, up, they could be decent. If you made me pick right now, I'd say the Minnesota Wild are not making the playoffs. I would agree with that. I would also agree with that. I know that TDO might disagree with that, but I just I stand by what I said at the start of the year. I don't think a coaching change will, will change that all too much. Sorry, I also Terry. think some of these random like West teams actually could like I'm not ready to say that the Coyotes can't make the playoffs. I'm literally not ready to oh, say no, that. Yeah. with the with the way that Ingram has played for them. I see and like even their power I feel play and stuff. Much like, more confident about the Yotes making the playoffs right this second than I do the Wild. And yeah, I or, never or thought even, I would say that. Or even the Preds to me. Like I, I think the Preds have like a lot better like pieces and like a lot, a lot of good stuff going for them than than maybe the wild do necessarily. I don't know. That's Definitely. kind of where my head's at right now. I mean, I'll throw a name in the hat here. Calgary. They're not, they don't look horrible. Yeah. Fourth sure. in the fourth in the Pacific. They're above Seattle, Edmonton, Anaheim and San Jose. I mean, I don't, I don't think that's crazy, but uh, what we got two more teams to talk about and then we'll give uh, some predictions here. Um, the Oilers, you know what? I'm not even going to make us talk about them too much because I think they've been mentioned in every discussion portion of the episodes this year. I think it's like the Oilers and the Leafs. We've talked about every episode going back to like 101. <laughs> yep. Sportsnet. Welcome. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they're 10 and 5 since the firing. So hope you know that. Uh, let's talk about the Blues here real quick. This was a really weird week for the Blues. And I know that all of us have talked about this in our group chat. So they can Craig Berube, and the big storyline is the game after he gets fired, the press is asking the players about their thoughts, comments, whatever, and Jordan Cairo basically says, I don't have a comment. He was my coach. I'm paraphrasing here. I don't have the exact quote in front he of me. He said he's not my coach anymore. He's not my coach anymore. Um, and he said no comment, I think, if I'm not mistaken. He's basically like, I don't have anything to say. You know, It's over and done with. And in, I think you could kind of tell by listening to the clip, maybe there was some, some, I don't want to say bad blood, but a little bit of rift there between him and Barube. And I guess the fans of St. Louis really didn't like that Cairo didn't like Barube. So they, they ran with it. it. I mean, they ran with it to that conclusion. I mean, they ran, hop, skipped, and jumped to that conclusion for sure. Oh, and I, I, they're probably not wrong, but they booed the shit out of Jordan Cairo in his first game after uh, Barube got fired. 
And then they interviewed Kyrie after the game. Like, what did you think about the fans booing you? And he started crying in the interview. He's like, I love this city. I love this rink. I love this team. You know, I'm paraphrasing here, but it was a standard hockey answer of like, I just, you know, really want to, I, I think I belong here, blah, 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 blah. And it was just so strange. And then the second game after Barube's fired, Kyrie scores. The place goes bananas. And it's just a whole weird, like, emotional Got like a week. standing ovation. I think he was one of the three stars <laughs> of the game. You know? Yeah. So after that whole long story, what the hell do you guys think is going on in St. Louis? All right. I have I have a lot to say here. So let's start from the beginning. Number one, I think for Kyrou, if you have no comment, either say either say no comment and keep it that way or don't talk about it at all or don't answer the question or don't be available to the press or whatever you want to do. Don't say no comment. He's not my coach anymore. That's a comment. That's that's it's it's stupid to say no comment and then say that. So I will I'll put a little bit of fault on Cairo for, for that. If if he really didn't want to have a comment, he handled that poorly. However, what the St. Louis Blues fans did, I cannot wrap my fucking head around that as a sports fan. I don't yeah. I don't see any world where that <laughs> I don't care how much you liked Barube or whatever, how cool he was. Dude, like in what world are you booing like your your best player? Like I think it's fair to say you're booing your best player, centerpiece of your franchise, the, the face of your franchise as it stands right now. You're booing your best player because he didn't like the coach who just got fired. Do you want your fucking team to succeed or not? Because like you're just causing more fucking problems for yourself. Like what the hell do you think that's gonna do? For like, yeah, like I, I just it's so crazy to me. I don't, I don't understand that. It, it, I, I'm at a loss for words. And then to see Kairu like be that upset about it afterwards, it's like Jesus, bro. Like, what is this? What you guys wanted? Like, look what you did. Like that. Good. I hope you're happy. Now you have no coach and your best players pissed. Like that. What did you fucking think was gonna happen here? You know that uh, Eric Andre meme where he like shoots Hannibal Burris in the chair and then turns around to the camera and goes, who could have done this? That's the St. <laughs> yeah. Louis Blues fans in a nutshell. Yes. Yeah, that's perfect. That's perfect. It, it, Nick, what are your thoughts on this? I wholeheartedly agree with Mac. I think it was an absolute clown show. I mean, yeah, he could have handled that a lot better. Just say, you know, you know, it, it sucks where we're at as a team. We ought, we honestly need to be playing a lot better. You know, I, I wish him nothing but the best. You, he could have left it a thousand different ways. I think the way it came off and the way it was circulated and the way it was snipped on the internet, it, it definitely made it seem like there was some animosity there. There could have been, there could have not been. We have no idea. We're not in that room. But yeah, I just, I don't get the rationale behind, you know, booing your superstar like that. And clearly it affected him. I mean, clearly you know, it, it affected him mentally to the point where not only did it make him visibly upset, but he came back and had a superstar performance as a result of it. So, um, you know, yeah, I don't know. I, I thought it was a, a little bit of a clown show. One, uh, one last thing I'll say on it is like, if you're the blues organization, like Number one, you if if let's say for a second that Kairu doesn't get along with Barube and that had maybe something to do with the firing or whatever, 
if you know that, it's probably best to just not make him available to the media that day or whatever. It's pretty easy to do that, to protect your, your star players in that way. And then even if you don't do that, after he says the no comment thing and after you see the fans booing him and stuff, it's really easy to make him not available for the media after the fucking game. Why are you why are you making your best player go out there and answer to this shit and get microphones shoved in his face and like just kind of have it further like rubbed in his face? Like I, I that's another big blunder here. Like the organization, I think, could have so handled this better as they saw it unfold. And they were just like, oh fuck, I don't know. He, you know I guess let's throw him to the wolves and see how he does. Like, I don't know. Just crazy to me all around. I mean, I, I do think the blues fans are like nuts for doing that. I I, I don't take that comment away but mac it, you kind of just like with a light bulb in my brain at the start when you were saying that no comment he was my coach is a comment and like i don't know like why even if why even say it like <laughs> i don't really feel like you know he's definitely throwing a jab there i don't think that's a unfair thing to say but i mean i do feel bad for him a little bit but at the same time yeah he kind of started that circus a little bit well and it's probably one of those things that was known to the management where they knew he wasn't really jiving with Barube's shit and so you know when you make that change then at head coach you now know that your star player probably feels some sort of sense of relief here it might it might be smart to just not fucking make him available to the media from the get-go because you know he feels a certain type of way it's so easy to just like see this coming and be like we can avoid a pr nightmare and a nightmare for our best player if we just stick with him and just we've got his back we fired the coach he didn't like you know not say again now we're putting words in his mouth maybe he didn't even hate him or whatever but you get my point it's like yeah, it's okay if that's the if that's the the attitude then like don't play dumb here like you're like oh oh he didn't like him like yeah i don't know yeah, no, I get it. Well, they, they're 2-0 since the firing. They beat the Senators 4-2, and then they beat the Stars 4-3 in overtime. They will be taking on the Lightning the day that you're listening to this Tuesday, so that should be an interesting matchup. Um, all right, let's move on to the big three questions I know everybody wants to hear, and then after that, a little bit of World Juniors trivia, and we're out of here. Uh, all right, so we asked TDO these questions earlier in the interview. Now it's our turn to answer them. I want to start by saying this. Uh, don't use someone's answer that was already said. Uh, we'll read everybody's final answers once everybody's gone through. So no duplicates, um, at least for the same question, that is. So which team currently not in a playoff position is most surprising to you, Mr. Nick Manella? We will start with you. Currently not in a playoff position. I got to go with Tampa. I, I feel that. Yeah, um, I know that one like might seem a little bit obvious. I know that that, you know, Vassy has obviously not started the season with them. He's back now. But I thought Jojo played incredible um, when he came in and basically took that crease in Vassy's absence. We've talked about this the last three or four episodes, how or at least I have, how I think that team is still absolutely loaded and still just as dangerous as they always are. I know they've had some pieces leave, but that that's a team that I fully expect to be in the Atlantic playoff picture at some point this season. For sure, Mac, let's go with you next. And it's just one. It's not an East and a West, right? It's just one. Yep. Okay. Um, oof. I guess I'll go Jersey. I mean, it's, it's really not that surprising to me. I probably would have said Tampa or Edmonton, but since I can't, I'll go Jersey. 
uh, given that they not only made the playoff last year, but won around as well um, to see them kind of not, I, I think the goaltending thing actually is a little surprising to me. I'm surprised that uh, VTech has not really been good. Uh, and I know part of that's on the D, but yeah, I think that's a fair answer. For sure. Um, TDO had a couple of the answers there, uh, but his first one was Edmonton. So his will be Edmonton. So you guys are leaving me the really hard ones now. <laughs> um, Not in a playoff spot. <sighs> All right. I was bullish on this team at the start of the year. This might surprise a couple of people. I thought they would come out of the gate a little hotter than they have so far. I'm going to go with Calgary. I thought they were going to really turn it on. This it's season. a good one. Um, it might not be a super obvious one, but I kind of thought Calgary would be doing what Vancouver's doing, but to not as big of a degree, maybe like a, a little bit less, but yeah, I'm going to go, uh, Calgary. I also almost said Seattle for what it's worth. That one, I think, uh, you know, they surprised me a little bit that they're not a little bit better than they are. I honestly was going to say St. Louis as well. If I had to go West, you know, just with that team being not that far removed from winning a Stanley cup, it's been four or five years and, um, with the talent that they have in that roster, I think you look at the Western Conference playoff picture, and there's a couple teams that are in that you think maybe the Blues would have been ahead of at the start of the year. And not just the talent, but like the experience, you know, guys yep. like Kevin Hayes and and Binner and some of the other guys that have been through that cup run and sure. or, or, you know, with Hayes, just guys have been around the league for a long time that you think would would make a big difference. But yeah, that's a good point. Definitely. Uh, which team in a playoff position currently is most surprising? You want to go first this time, Harry? Sure. So uh, TDO had Philadelphia. So uh, that honestly probably would have been my answer if it was up to me. Um, this one's going to make me sound kind of dumb, but we absolutely pooped all over them in the uh, preseason previews. I know Arizona would probably be a pretty popular answer. Um, I'm going to go a little off the board. We annihilated the Florida Panthers in our preseason this rankings. Is, that's who I was going to pick. Yeah, and I love, uh, I love they that. They look really fucking good. They look they look dangerous. I will even go as far to say that word. So I am a little stunned that Florida is bouncing back as well as they have without Ekblad, without Montour for a good chunk of the season so far. I'm, I'm definitely going to pick Florida. I got to go with uh, uh, Mac. You want to go next? Or... Nope, you got it. I'm going to go with the New York Islanders. I just don't understand how a team with eight overtime losses is in a playoff position right now, but that's the Metro for you. That's a great one. That's a really good one. I almost kind of like skipped over that in my head. I wasn't really even like, you're looking at the standings and you're like, damn, you're right. They are. But uh, I'll go, I'll go back West. Uh, TDO mentioned it briefly, but Winnipeg, I, I really don't get why this team is good. I mean, yes, they have Hellebuck. Yes. They've got Kyle Connor, although now he's hurt. Right. Um, I don't know. I, there's nothing that like really excites me that much about this team, but they're actually like pretty darn good so far this year, 18, nine and two right now. I think like Shifley's having a decent year and he's not getting any sort of recognition for mm -hmm. it whatsoever, probably because it's the Winnipeg jets, but yep. I even wholeheartedly guys like agree. As I'm starting to talk about it, I've noticed guys like DeMello and even Brendan Dillon having like pretty decent years, all things considered so far. And they have Gabe Velarde now too, right? Yes, they do. They yeah. do. Yeah, and that Kings trade. Um, all right. So which team currently not in a playoff spot do you think will end up making the playoffs? Nick, we'll start with you. Oh boy, that's tough. 
I know when we were talking with TDO a little bit earlier, he said Detroit. Detroit is very tempting. I'm going to go ahead and say the Blues. I think with the with the coach firing, I, I think like they turn that. it around here. I think they sneak in. I don't necessarily think it's going to be one of the three seeds in the Central. I think it's probably going to be a wild card, but I think they can sort of muscle their way in. I really like that pick. Mac, what do you think? You want to go first? I'm still kind of thinking. Maybe you'll sure. uh, help narrow it down for me. It's tough. Like Looking at this, it's really, really tough. Yep. Not in a playoff spot that will make it. Um, you got the Blues, TDO, had Detroit. I know we said Edmonton would, was too, a little too obvious because everyone's going to pick yeah. them. I even feel like Tampa might be a little too obvious because I do feel like they'll they'll come back. Jersey might be a little obvious. Um, all right, I need to make a decision here. Let's go. Let's go Seattle. Let's go Whoa. Seattle. Yeah, I I thought they were going to be a much better team than they were this year. I really liked what they did last year. Um, I think they've got good depth. To be honest, I think they're deep up front. Jared McCann starts clicking a little bit. Maybe we can make some magic. I'll uh, I'll go Seattle. I could, I'd probably go Tampa, but that's too obvious, so I don't want to give that one out. Seattle's goaltending scares me a little bit, but that might just be because I drafted Philip Grubauer on my fantasy <laughs> team, and that just was a terrible decision. Yeah, bad, Jacob this is this is so hard, especially if we're if we're gonna kind of omit the jerseys and the bolts and and that kind of stuff. Uh, you know what? If I if I had to make kind of an out there pick, I'm not so sure I I believe this, but for funsies, I'll go ahead and say the Sabers. I think there's a world where they could make it. Um, you know, if they if they maybe went out and got a goalie, I actually thought I heard a report, and I'm not sure this is the answer either. But I, I thought I heard a report that they were kicking tires on going after a guy like Jake Allen, which is interesting. Whoa. I think they said more of like a a veteran leadership kind of thing, not that he would necessarily step in and be their number one guy, but. To have a guy like that, not a terrible idea. Um, well, didn't the Canes just put Ranta on waivers? Yeah, they waived yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, that's another one that's kind of like. Hmm. I was surprised guys weren't all over that. I know he's had an off year, but you would for think experience, somebody would take a chance. Yeah, playoff I mean, wins, sure. He'll, fi- he'll find a home somehow. I guarantee it. Um, little World Juniors preview, Nick. This is one that you always like to have a little fun with uh, every year. So I'll let you take the floor. Oh, yeah. Almost Christmas time, almost New Year's. That means World Juniors. So uh, it's in Sweden this year. It's in Gothenburg, which I believe is the home of NHL legend Nicholas Backstrom. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Obviously, no Russia again this year because of reasons. If you don't know, just type Russia into Twitter and enjoy. Um, Yeah, actually, don't do that. Uh, just some stuff for the U S team players to watch. Obviously Ryan Leonard, uh, caps draft pick currently playing at BC. And they also have Ryan Chesley who's playing at the university of Minnesota. So great to see the caps represented with two guys there. Another personal bias for me. I think there's two or three Spartans that are going Trey Augustine and net should be awesome. He's been fantastic for state all year. Uh, they get underway on the 26th. It's their first game, 11 AM against Norway. 28th against Switzerland, that's also at 11, 29th against the Czechs, and then New Year's Eve, 6 a.m. against the Slovaks. So tough, tough group for this U.S. team. The Czechs and the Slovaks have been a nightmare for the Americans the past, basically every year they haven't won gold going back five. So I want to do a Baltimore watch party for that 6 a.m. New Year's Eve Oh, yeah. So badly, I, I like 
if anyone listening is in the Baltimore area and you're kind of down, I would love to do that. We did it in college at Nick's apartment, and it was an absolute blast when they played Russia um, <laughs> and got smoked by Kovalchuk. Yeah, I'm down. If if people are interested, let us know. We'll, we'll figure that out shouldn't be too hard to do because there's bars that open at like 9 a.m. for Premier League games all the time, if not a little bit earlier. So, John, if you're listening, you know, maybe a little don't know, 6 a.m., little kegs and eggs. Ooh. That would be sick. I've done, yeah. I've also done one of these like when I was way younger. I don't, I don't even think we were like drinking yet, but um, I must have been like thirteen or something. And we just, just set our alarms. Me and Stephen Baker, actually, friend, friend of the pod, set our alarms and and woke up and and watched it together. That was a ton of fun. Yeah, that that sounds like a good schedule. One more thing. One of my best World Junior memories was um, sometime in high school. I was supposed to wake up for school and I had, I had slept on the couch in the living room watching like something the night before. And I had once again, set my alarm for like 4am or 5am or something like that to watch whatever game it was I wanted to see. And it's like midway it's either between the first and second or between the second and third periods. And I get the news that school is canceled because of snow. And I was just that because I wasn't going to be able to watch the third period or whatever it was, was going to have to start getting ready, go to school. And instead I just got to lay on the couch, watch the end of the game and fall right back asleep. One of the best, no better feeling than that. That is incredible. I had a good one like that. I, um, I think it was, so 2013, my senior year of high school, uh, world juniors are going on and, uh, I was a competitive swimmer. So I'm up early in the morning and I'm in swim practice in the pool. And I had propped my phone, like a yard and a half away from the pool deck, like up against the glass. And as I'm like coming back to the wall each time, I'm watching Johnny Gaudreau, Jack Eichel, and the Americans beat the Swedes three to one to win gold. That is that is awesome. <laughs> That's a good story. I like that one. Um, I don't know if I I think the Oshi shoot, and I know it's not World Juniors, but the Oshi Olympic shootout, I think was like a Saturday morning at like yep. 8 a.m. That was um, an early one. Yeah, I remember that. But uh yeah, World Juniors is always a good time. Go check it out. Um, honestly, probably the most entertaining product of hockey you can get all year, in my opinion. So it's the best international competition we have right now. So for sure, go uh, USA right. and beat Canada. Amen. Uh, trivia Mac. All right. I'm not going to lie to you guys. There was kind of slim pickings <laughs> for this day on December 18th. I probably should have, uh, should have flexed it to the 19th and seen if there was anything better, but instead I decided to be kind of mean and pick a little bit of a what I think will be a harder one for you, just because there's not a ton of uh, information here off the get-go. So I'll read what they have, and then uh, I'll, I'll give you guys some other hints that I can give you along the way. So here we go. This player had uh, two assists to give him 500 in his NHL career on December 18th, 2002, in the Maple Leafs 2-2 tie with the Florida Panthers. Okay, so a tie. So we're pre two thousand four lockout. He, then he said two thousand two. Right. Yep. So it's a Panthers Leafs game in two thousand two, and someone got his four or five hundredth assist. Five hundred. Uh, yeah, five hundredth assist. Um, and I noticed I didn't say which team he played for. Yeah, I did notice that. Thanks for the reminder. So it's Sabres or Panthers, but if he had 500 assists by 02. Sabres, Panthers? I thought you said Leafs. Sorry. Yes, that's what I meant. 
Leafs Panthers. Yes. That might have been a Freudian slip. <laughs> let's go. Uh, let's get some guesses going. Let's get the obvious out of the way. Matt Sundin. Nope. Although there was a there was another trivia thing involving him today. I forget what it was, but I didn't pick that one. Jason Blake. Nope. <laughs> Thomas Caberlet? Nah. Jason Panthers? Allison? Nope. It's got to be someone on the Leafs. The 2002 Florida Panthers, who the fuck played for them? Who <laughs> <laughs> the fuck played for them? Uh, I don't even... Can you tell us which team? Is it the Leafs? It's the Leafs. Okay, so the O2 Leafs. But hold on, let me, let me figure something else out real quick, and I can give you this hint. One, I feel like you were trying two. to help us out a little bit earlier when you said the Sabres, so my brain is still wandering a little bit over the border there. I It was a complete accident that I said the Sabres, but that's actually because I was looking at his career stats, and I saw the Sabres written down, and I said it. So he did play some time with the Sabres prior to him being on the Leafs. He played during his NHL career. He played for um, looks like four different NHL teams, including the Leafs. Hmm. This is a hard one. Is it a name we'll know? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Forward. It's got to be. Um. Yes, I believe okay. so. I don't think Connolly had that many points. Tim Connolly? No. Did he even play he didn't play lo- that long enough, I don't think. Yeah. I was just thinking Buffalo, but I got to think Leafs. O2 Leafs. Who the fuck was on the O2 Leafs? Thinking Sundin. He played not... nearly a thousand games. So, I mean, he wasn't like just some guy. Uh, Nick, help. Come on. It's not Joffrey Lupel, is it? No, but that he would be a really good one for my uh, okay. my weekly players from the past. Definitely, gotta add him to the list. Two thousand and two Leafs. I'm thinking Darcy Tucker. I'm thinking Matt Sundin. I'm thinking. I'm trying to rejog my brain from NHL hits two thousand two. Who we got? Right. Ah, um, yeah, that's a good way to think of it. This guy was definitely a, a force to be reckoned with in NHL hits 2002. That's for oh, sure. Oh, a force to be reckoned with. I would think so. Oh, hang on here. Maybe, maybe. I think he played in Toronto for a bit. It's Gary Roberts? No. Fuck. It's not Barnaby, is it? No. Okay. Although he was Barnaby. a force to be reckoned yeah. with in, 500 in NHL assists. hits I was like, there's no way. Like, <laughs> oh. Yeah. Maybe no. assists in opening the penalty box door, but that's about it. <laughs> can we get a can we get a nationality? Uh, I think I could do that. He is Russian. A Russian on the Leafs in 02. Now we the, the would this huh? player happen to is someone in our fantasy hockey leagues team named after this player? Uh I don't, I don't just guess it. Is it Max so. Afinovganov? Oh no. Okay. No. <sighs> a rush. Although you could probably come up with something funny enough for this guy's name. There's probably okay. something there. I really don't I really don't know. A Russian on the Leafs who also played for the City. Can you give us the other two teams he played for? Um, yep. 
So Sabres, Canucks, Devils, and Leafs. But most people think of him, I would think, as a Sabre. I mean, he started his career there. He played one, two, three, four, five, six seasons there. This is going to drive me nuts. Sabres, Canucks, Devils, Leafs. This is going to drive me nuts. Yep. What year was he drafted? Mm, 88. And can you use it in a sentence? (laughs) Origin. Origin Russian. Yeah. What in the hell? Why am I not able to get this? 88. So he was on the, he was already 14 years into his career in that Leafs game that you're describing. So he was an older guy-ish. And he was drafted, right? Yes. Yeah, he okay. was drafted. He was drafted uh, 89th is- overall, and this is crazy. I had no idea, and I don't think this will like help you or anything. But I just read this on his page. It says, um, "By the time he was drafted, he had already won Olympic gold medal and played two seasons with uh, CSKA Moscow in the Soviet Union's top league." At the time that Buffalo drafted him. That's crazy. It's not McGillney, is it? It's McGillney, Let's baby. Go. There we go. How did I not? How, Alexander how did I not get Put that? this guy in the hall. What are yeah, we doing? Is he not? He really ought to be. This guy's crazy. And I'm pretty how sure he was like the that? first guy to like legit defect to come over here. Yeah. No, it says he was the first player from the Soviet Union to defect for the purpose of playing in the league. Damn. Yeah, no, he was a pioneer. Straight up. And he... um. I mean, his career numbers are kind of cracked. 990 games, 473 goals, 559 assists. Yeah. Good for player. just over a thousand points. I mean, more than a point per game by the end of his career, like by by a decent amount. He also, this might be controversial of me to say, but I think this is kind of rare for a Russian who plays in the league for a really long time. Finished his career plus 81. Wow. <laughs> Honestly, no, that's that's, that's pretty impressive. 990 games, Russian NHL player right. finishes plus 81. Good for you, buddy. Wow, that was a good one. I can't believe I didn't fucking get that. That really irks me. I feel like we probably had a lot of steering wheel punchers. For oh, that definitely. Oh, yeah, my dad's the first one on the list there. Um, <laughs> Mac, just a reminder, that was presented by our friends at Elwoods, I believe. Indeed, yeah. Just a reminder to support your local dive bar and have a beer at Elwood's Liquor and Tap, home of the Pizza Luge, located in the heart of downtown Milwaukee on Water Street. This 70s-inspired bar has a little something for everyone. From daily happy hour, rotating taps, free birthday perks, and a four-season patio, good time is always around the corner at Elwood's. We've also got the full NHL package, plus TV screens inside and out. And don't leave your dogs at home. They are a dog-friendly bar. We will see you down at Elwoods very soon. Do you think uh, Nathan's going to open up a little bit early for that 6 a.m. World Junior start on New Year's Eve? You never know. Maybe that, he'd be a good person to ask about it. Which I think would be five for you. Yeah, that's Oof. true. That's true. We'll see. I'll probably New Year's Eve is also that's a Sunday morning. So no promises. I won't even uh, well, maybe I won't even be asleep yet. We'll see. Just keep it rolling. Yep. Alrighty. Well, uh, if you guys don't have any final notes, we will get out of here. I mean, yeah, I'm good. Uh, not sure what our recording schedule will be next week, obviously with Christmas and such. So stay tuned. Not sure. Don't know. Um, we don't talk to everybody that have a, have a wonderful Christmas. Yep. Absolutely. Happy holidays to everyone. Stay safe and stay warm wherever you are. For sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Appreciate the love and support, as always. And without further ado, class dismissed. 